Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. We're in this series, it's titled Fight Club. And even though there's lots of fighting in our world and we can look around and we can see other countries that are, that are in fights and fight outside, the biggest fight that we face every single day is not a, necessarily a physical fight outwardly, but it's a fight that always rages inside of us. And we might not be going around throwing punches at our friends or at anybody at the bike rack, but there are times in our lives that we need to fight back against some of the things that are in our lives. And two weeks ago, we talked about the fear fight. And how we need, to, we need to punch out fear. And, and last week we talked about the rejection fight. And how if we, live, uh, if we live for acceptance, we'll die by rejection. And that no matter who you are, uh, that there's always some point in our life that we felt rejected. And we came to an understanding that, that the acceptance of God doesn't depend on what we do or what we don't do. I thought that was Hudson. Hi, it's so good to have you. Thanks for shouting me down. Hallelujah. That's amazing. That's, that's hallelujah in baby language, just so you know. All right? It is, totally is. Um, and, and then today we're going to jump into a fight called the anger fight. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you that... We can be real in this place, and God, we can understand that, there, that we don't have everything together, but we know that in you, you are, you are our conqueror, you are our warrior, that God, this fight is not ours, but this fight is already yours, and has already been won in your name. Amen. As soon as I said the word anger, you're probably like, oh, here we go, not me, but do you, do you know someone, or if you have asked someone if he or she is an angry person, chances are most of us would be like, no, I don't think so. I don't go around in rage fits, or I don't yell at everybody, uh, or I don't like throw dishes. I was thinking of a way I could like smash a dish like right here without it like getting everywhere, and then I was like, uh, I just couldn't think of a way. My, my little mind didn't allow me to smash a dish. But I, most people would be like, I don't, I don't do those kinds of things. So no, of course, I don't deal with anger. But if, if we dig past the pop, the pop, the top layer a little bit, it might be a different story. Sometimes anger is there. And the, the more that I start the more that we're into this series, the more that I'm continuing to realize the truth that we talk about, that we're all imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect God. We all have things in our lives. There's, there's, there's different things that we deal with that nobody's perfect. And the sooner that we come into an understanding that we don't have it all figured out, guess what? That is another step towards becoming more like Christ. We're not perfect. If you're, looking for a, if you're new here today and you're looking for a perfect church with perfect people, this ain't the place for you. Okay, because there will, never be, there will never be a perfect person standing up here. Now, if you understand that you're not perfect and that you have room to approve and there's things in your life that you're not proud of and you're, you're, you're trying really hard, um, well, this place is for you because we're, we're a group of imperfect people pursuing and seeking truth. So welcome. But, but most of us, if we, if we peel back the top layer... The damage of anger can be very visible. It's kind of like an electrical fire. 
If there was a house built a few years ago, it's not so regular in, uh, in with new building codes, but every now and then, um, some trades, some people like cutting corners. So instead of like drilling a hole through a floor joist or, or through a post that where you're supposed to, um, sometimes, not, not anybody here if you're an electrician, of course nobody here would do this, but every now and then people want to cut corners. And sometimes it's happened, I've read stories this week, that sometimes it would be happening in floor joists, instead of like going through a really thick floor joist, people would just like run wire in under or above. They're like, oh, that'll be fine. And it's fine for a little bit because wire, when you wire your house, it has this protective rubber plastic coating on it that protects the electricity inside and protects your house. But what happens with wood throughout, throughout seasons, wood shrinks and moves. And as a house settles, there's this, what can happen to that wire if it's not placed correctly, it starts to create this friction. And even though it's moving a little bit, what happens is moving a little bit every time that somebody walks over the floor and there's this friction created. And for a long time, it will not wear through, through the outer protective coating. But eventually what happens is that friction happens over and over and maybe 90 years and maybe nine years and maybe a long time, but friction happens and it breaks through that protective coating. And then it pr- breaks through the second protective coating into, into the live wire. And if that live wire is always, is always running electricity, what will happen is that the wood that's around that wire will start to, to start to smolder and it will start to burn and smoke will start to happen and all of a sudden there will be a spark and there will be one spark and there will be two sparks and three sparks and all of a sudden there's a, there's a fire that starts in your floor or in your walls and that's kind of like anger in our lives. That is, it's, it's really easy for us to deny that it exists. And if you're on the outside looking at this house that was on fire in the walls, you would never tell that there was anything wrong with it. You would never tell that it was on fire. If you were in the room, you would probably smell it. But if you were away on vacation and your neighbors were there, they would never recognize the fire until it was probably too late. And that's usually how anger works in our lives. On the outside, we say that everything is okay. Everything looks great, but something is rubbing us the wrong way. And we have this protective coating on our lives, and it's fine until we start wearing past the protective coating. But every time that particular person talks to you, you get rubbed a little bit more. Or every time a specific situation comes up and you're reminded of something in your past, it's rubbed a little bit more. And eventually what happens, you rub through this protective coating that everything is okay. And then this anger sparks a fire. And at that point, anger, if it's unchecked and unresolved, we're going to be headed for big trouble And we talked about rejection fight last week. And anger goes, goes sort of hand in hand with the rejection fight. Because most anger is actually rooted from some form of rejection. What was or wasn't said. Or, or something that was done to us. Something you, uh, we deserved or but deprived, were deprived of. A hurt wound from our past. Last Sunday I talked about my last game of golf where I shot 97. Really bad golf game if you weren't here for it. Uh, last, last Saturday, two Saturdays ago, I, I golfed the last game of the season. 
And uh, what, what lots of courses here in Alberta will do for the last couple days of the year in, in the golfing season will create one tee time, and they literally have to have 36 groups of people show up at the same time for the same tea time, and you will start two groups of people on every tee box. So we started off on 15. We're 15A, okay? And they would, they would shoot off a shotgun. It was kind of like tournament play, and everybody would start at the same time. So you wouldn't start at a whole one. We started at a whole 15. But what happens when you do this form of, of, of a golf golf tournament play, what happens is that there's certain holes that play slower or certain holes that are shorter that some people can drive and some people lay up. And so you can't always tee off at the same time. So two or three times throughout the round, there's sort of this backup of people. And we're on about our whole, our, uh, whole 15, not the first one, whole 15 into a round. And we tee off. And I would love to say that it was straight down the fairway. It wasn't. We we're off to the side probably having to drop a ball. And we're waiting because we didn't want to hit the group that was in front of us. And 15B, who was the group that was behind us all day, came up and they were starting to get a little frustrated with the pace of play. And I heard something. Now, my hearing is not that great. My, I heard something. They shouted. I was talking to my, talking to my buddy and, and they shot and I heard something yell and I went, because... I thought it was four. If you yell at four when you're golfing, it means there's a ball coming towards you. Take cover. Don't look back. Just take cover like turtle. So that's what I did. And my buddy was like, no, they didn't say four. They're telling us to speed up. And as soon as he was like, they're telling us to speed up. What nerve do you have? Why are you telling me? It's not my fault. And all of a sudden this anger rooted. And I'm like, where did this come from? Definitely my golf game. But no, like the anger actually was rooted in this, this sense of, Man, it's not my fault. It's the course's fault. Who do you think you are yelling at me? Do you want to do something? I always wonder. I was like, every now and then on a golf course, I'll yell back. Don't, don't go golfing with me. And I'm like, what would I ever do if they were like, got in their carts and came up and like wanted to like start swinging clubs? I would, I would, I know what I would do. I would run. I would like, I'm sorry, sir. Sorry, ma'am. Sorry, 12-year-old. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't do anything. But, but what, what did I deserve to get that response? It wasn't my fault that the course decided to put 36 people, or 36, uh, 36 teams on a golf course at the very same time. It wasn't my fault. But in that moment, a spark happened. Now, before we get too deep into it, some of the people that are here that already know the Bible are kind of like, well, Lauren, anger is not wrong. Jesus got angry. And I agree, anger is not wrong. And, but when it is misplaced and uncontrolled, it can be catastrophic to our lives and the lives of people around us. Have you ever seen a house fire? It's very rare to just see one house, especially if you're in a neighborhood, it's very rare to see one house that's caught on fire and not to have any effect on the surrounding houses. Years ago when, when fire departments weren't on every corner and you couldn't get there and you had to like throw buckets of water, it would be very common if a house started caught on fire, it would literally burn down the whole street. 
And even in, in, in today, if you went and seen a house that caught on fire, chances are it's very possible that you actually see remnants of fire in the other house. Uh, windows broken or, or siding melted. And, and worst case scenario, it may have even jumped and ruined their house as well. And that's kind of like anger in our lives. Is that anger don't only affect our lives, it actually affects everybody, our people's lives around us. And lots of times our anger actually, unfortunately, hurts the people that are closest to us. If we're not careful with our anger, we will not just burn down the lives, our lives, but burn down the people's lives around us. But it does say in Ephesians 4.26, in your anger, do not sin. And then in James 1.19, it says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to anger. And like I said, Jesus got angry. So is anger actually wrong? We're going to talk about Jesus' anger uh, in a few weeks in our next series. But that's not the type of anger we're talking about today. We want to talk about the type of anger that creates a friction in our lives, that creates a spark, that will burn our lives down if we don't put it in check and if we don't deal with it. If we don't strap on the gloves and get in the ring and fight back against something that will burn down our lives and burn down the lives of people that are so close to us. And I don't think, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm okay to affect my life, but I don't want to affect my family's life. Well, you know what? Anger is one of those things that if it goes unchecked, it will affect people around you. So let's, let's put it in check today. But there are three types, uh, types of anger that I want to briefly explain this morning that becomes a problem. One of those are wrongfully felt anger. It's, it's kind of like this. You feel angry about something that didn't even happen. You thought somebody said something, did something, felt something towards you that wasn't even true. This one for me, it's happened a few times where I've had a dream, like when I'm sleeping, and somebody was in that dream, and I woke up angry at that person, and I continued to be angry, and my emotions and my feelings go out towards them when it didn't even happen. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. And unfortunately, it's usually people that are close to me. You kick me in the face. No, I didn't. Or you get word from somebody, from somebody, from somebody that somebody that somebody said something or did something, and you automatically go to the fact that, oh, it must be true. And the person that you're actually mad at was a good friend, but now you're mad at them because of somebody to somebody to somebody to somebody that said something that somebody said. Somebody. Somebody. That's after Paul. Thanks, Paul. Right? And it's like this, this anger that, that wells up. The feeling is real. But our reaction to it will burn bridges. Second type of anger that we want to just encompass a little bit this morning is rightfully felt anger. Because I said anger is not necessarily wrong. So there are rightfully felt anger, but if we express it in the wrong way, then it's a problem. You have had something to be rightfully angry about, but the way that you express it, the way that you approach it, hurts other people that are around you. Thirdly, rightfully felt anger that's never expressed. 
This is one of the biggest ones. This is one of the hardest ones to get over because you're, you're angry, but you pretend everything is okay. There's fire going on in your floor and in your walls, but every, I'm, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. You owe me $1,400, but I, don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's in the past, but it's rubbing you the wrong way. And you push the anger down and you never speak about it. You never address the hurt feelings. Repressed anger is probably one of the most dangerous ones because it can actually lead to health concerns. Isn't it crazy that an emotion, that a feeling, something that we allow to take root in our lives can actually put us in the hospital? And not only can it affect us, uh, affect our health, but this one, when we repress this anger, rightfully felt anger that's not expressed in the right way, what happens is that we also wake up every day feeling like we're living a lie. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a lie. I don't want to live in a place where, where I wake up and I don't want to approach my day because I feel like I'm being false. And as we're talking about anger, there's, there's many ways And many reasons why people feel angry. Here's a couple. Some of us are angry at our parents, our spouse, our ex-spouse. We can be angry at bosses, lousy jobs. Some of us are angry at second grade teachers. And some of us might even chuckle, but you don't know what my second grade teacher did. (laughs) Neighbors, you might be angry at your neighbors because they play music too loud. You might be mad at us because we play music too loud. Maybe this one makes you angry. You have children who aren't living up to your expectation. See, angry, anger has this opportunity to exist every time we feel betrayed. Every time we feel overlooked. Every time we feel belittled. Every time we, we wanted something and didn't get it. Anger has this way to say that you're right. You're right. You have the right to feel angry. Can we just for a moment, I'm going I'm to read a, a, a few sentences from a book that I've been reading. And can we just take a mental inventory of your life? Because anger will come into our lives in such a subtle way. And anger will want, to, will want to come evident when it's already too late. When all the walls are burned out and all of a sudden it pops a hole through the side of the house, the side of our lives, and anger will want to come out. And at that point, it's already too late. So we need to recognize the friction. We need to recognize where it's wearing on us, with the people that are wearing on us, the situations that are wearing on us. And, and we need to address them. We need to fight back this morning. So I want to read out a list of a few things and take a mental note and, and think that, hey, is, does, does any of these things cause me to be angry? Now, in, in, this, in this excerpt, in this book, it, it uses parents a lot. But you can put in coach. You can put in, in uh, brother, sister, mom, dad, grandparent. You can put in anybody that, that makes sense here, okay? It's, it's quite a long list. Ready? Somebody abandoned me. Someone wasn't interested in me. Someone picked somebody or something else over me. Somebody abused me. Somebody I cared about was emotionally unavailable to me. 
My parents left my family. My dad, my mom cheated on us. He or she didn't cheat on just my parents, but he cheated on all of us. My parent lives with another family. I'm angry because someone else's kids get my parents' attention. I'm angry because my dad or my mom is too busy for me. I'm angry with my dad or mom because he or she didn't take care of us. I'm angry with my dad or mom because he or she didn't care for herself. I'm angry with my parents because, because he or she won't face the facts. My dad or my mom is too aggressive or too passive. My dad or my mom embarrasses me. I'm angry because I didn't get to say goodbye. I'm angry with my son or daughter for ignoring the truth that, uh, and now is wasting their lives. I'm angry with my family for, for giving all their attention to my problem sibling. I'm mad at my mom or dad for putting too much stress on my mom or dad. I'm angry because of all the things a person said to me. I'm angry because of all the things a person never said to me. I'm angry because I was never good enough. I'm angry because. It amazes me how harmful it can be when anger comes on the scene. The last couple of weeks we looked into the story of David where he killed Goliath. And in the story where he's, where he's walking up to the battleground, we don't necessarily see David being angry, but we do see a character in the story being angry. If you can remember the story from last week, his brother Eliab in 1 Samuel 17, 28, says he burned with anger at David. And if you read the story, you can kind of read between the lines that Eliab was the oldest that felt looked over. Eliab was one of the, one of the armies at the time, the, his best warrior. And David came up. And you can kind of read between the lines and Eliab was kind of saying to David, what are you doing here? Go home. You're too small. You're too little. Eliab should have been David's greatest encourager, his greatest support. He knew that, that David was God's chosen person to, to rule and to, to, uh, to be the king of Israel. But he didn't support David. He ripped him down. Now for some of us here, there are angry people that are in your lives that are ripping you down. And that's the problem with angry people. They find a way to knock down people around them. And I think we can learn a lesson from David today. That, that maybe you've let the words of angry people keep you back from pursuing your dreams. Maybe you've let the words of angry people keep you back from stepping out on your fears. Oh, you can't do that. Don't start that business because you know what? It, it, it's just going to fail. Don't go and do that job because you know what? Ah, I don't know if you'll succeed at it. You literally might have people angry at you because you have more Instagram followers.
maybe you're here and you're on the flip side. And as I'm speaking about some of this, you're like, man, I, I think I might be an angry person. On the outside, I'm saying everything is perfectly fine, but there's something that's rubbing on the inside. It might not be turned into a fire yet, but you feel the sparks, you feel the friction. And if you don't deal with it, if you don't fight back, if you don't strap on the gloves to get in the ring and battle back anger, before you know it, there's going to be an explosion. And you're not just going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt people around you. See, anger will get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. Eliab's story didn't end there. We actually read about Eliab again in 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles 12 and 9. And it's years and years and years after Goliath was killed. And we see that Eliab actually became third in command of David's army. He was put in charge of the tribe of Judah. He, he, was, became, a, he became a musician in David's army. I would think if I was reading this story, I would think that him and David had to patch things up. But, but it was, we hear about it years after See, sometimes anger comes from the fact that we want what somebody else has and and we want what God's plan is for them, not what God's plan is for us. And I kind of think that's that's what was going on in Eliab's life. I want to be David. I want to be king. But God had a plan for Eliab, but he allowed anger to rage inside of him. And so many times our anger is from a place of saying, "God, God, I want that. I want that. I don't want what you have for me, but we need to step into what God has for us. And I'm glad that Eliab stepped into the purpose that God had for him. But I wonder if it was after years and years and years and years of battling anger. See, we have the ability to tear people down in our anger. But God calls us to build people up. I love Discovery Church because... This is a place of encouragement. This is a place where, where joy wins. And if you're here today and you find yourself more on the, on the side of always tearing people down, never encouraging people, can I ask you to take an honest self-assessment and a strap on the gloves today and let's fight against anger. How do we do that? We believe that God is our avenger. Romans 12, 19 says, I am the one who avenges all wrongs. You might be angry about something that you have the right to be angry about. You can live this whole life being angry and your joy will be stolen. You will not live in joy or you can release it to God and say, yeah, it wasn't right, God, but you are my avenger and I'm going to push through in my dreams. I'm going to push past my fears. I'm going to fight against anger and I'm going to go towards what you have for me. Number two, you got to forgive. Now that's hard. You've got to forgive. That's so hard. Can I tell you one simple way to forgive? Is that every time you feel that anger, every time that person comes into your mind and you're like, man, I hate them, can you say a prayer blessing? I know it's total counter, counter what you want to do, but God says, pray for your enemies. And I promise you, as you pray for them, eventually what will happen is that when, when, they're, when they're, that situation or when their name comes up or when you think about them, you'll, you'll, you'll go to pray for them and you have this sense of release. 
Because unforgiveness is like drinking poison, thinking it's going to affect the other person. Or starting a fire in your house, thinking it's going to burn down somebody else's. And the third punch to taking down anger is one of the same ones that we talked about from rejection. Is remind ourselves that we're sons and daughters of God. You're chosen. You're adopted. There are a lot of things to be angry about in our fallen world. Even starting the Samaritan's Purse campaign and taking a box home. We could be angry that there's children in our world that don't get clean drinking water like we do. Something to be angry about. But a rightfully felt anger is at taking something and doing something about it. Being mad and holding a grudge will steal your joy. You might smile on the outside, but you'll hurt on the inside. We don't want that. You don't, you don't want to live like that. We don't want to live like that. That's not living in the fullness of what God has for us. But if you actually break it all down and look at the root of anger, you take everything away, it all ultimately comes down to this one thing. It's ultimately, ultimately about letting go of control. That when we, are, when we feel angry, we feel like we have a little bit of control. But the only person that I want to give control to is God. So I ask you the question this morning. Who's in control of your life? Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a recording. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca. Have a fantastic week.